the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Different Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. I am privileged to have the title of Director of Local Ministries here at True Talk 800, 93.9 KPTQ and The Fish. And I'm also privileged to let you know that my pal Georgine Rice is hosting a trip to Israel. You can experience with Israel with Georgine Rice. Details are on our website at True Talk 800. And I also want to send a shout out to Pastor Scott Gilchrist and the team out the Romans Project in Ethiopia right now. I pray that goes well for you. Uh, pastor Scott is the pastor of South Lake Bible, and they host the downtown Bible class, not only at the Portland Art Museum, but right here on the radio as well. And live in the studio, we have an old friend. It's Ryan Johnston from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He is the area director for the greater Portland region. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for coming out today. I really appreciate it. Oh, Mike, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me. It's a beautiful day out here in Portland, and I'm excited to be here. Hopefully not too hot for the softball and baseball games I'll be helping out with this weekend, but it beats the rain. It definitely beats the rain. Absolutely. You can check out the Greater PDX FCA Facebook page. They tweet at, at PDX FCA, and do look at their website for a ton of really great relevant local information at pdxfca.org for their Greater Portland Area Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So starting off, Ryan, tell us about what's going on from the FCA yeah. this summer. Yeah, we've have, we have got a big summer in store for us. Uh, our camp will be down at Oregon State University July 18th to the 22nd. That's a multi-sport camp uh, featuring basketball, football, volleyball, lacrosse, soccer, track and field, uh, golf, wrestling. And what an amazing opportunity for high school kids to come down and experience Pac-12 facilities, experience world-class coaching, and also get to encounter Jesus Christ in a way and uh, kind of figure out what it looks like to be a spiritual leader on their campus. So there's certainly other good athletic camps to go to. Why yours? Why the FCAs? Because I think we're going to talk about leadership. At the end of the day, I think leadership matters. And as I go from public school campus to public school campus all across the greater Portland area— I think there's a lack of leadership, and it's not because the athletes and coaches aren't leading. They are leading because they're leaders, but it's in which direction are they going to lead, and I think that's what matters. We want to point kids uh, to lead like Christ did and to lead kids to the abundant life that God offers them. So tell us about what you do with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and have you had open arms from the public schools or Christian schools or private schools out there, or has it been a bit of a challenge at times to let them know that you're not exactly pitching a program as much as wanting to share leadership qualities. Absolutely. Yeah, the last three years for FCA has been pretty incredible. When I came on staff, you know, we had seven huddles around the Portland area and and uh, kind of a board trying to hold it all together. But really what we've seen is not the implementation of a program, but a movement of the Holy Spirit. I mean, today we have uh, 53 huddles and on about 40 different campuses. And FCA kind of operates like an on-campus club. Uh, high schools, middle schools, and universities. 
We'll meet before school or at lunch, uh, typically meet in a coach's classroom. And it's a really a time of intentional discipleship uh, with, with an emphasis on, on leadership. And what does it look like to be a spiritual leader on campus? And what does it look like to glorify Christ with the platform that God has given us through playing sports at the high school level, college level, and even at the middle school level? So it's been an amazing uh, experience to see God kind of take that uh, from, from you know, just barely having an impact to, to a broad impact over the Portland area. So give us a good definition of what exactly is an FCA huddle. Is this like an extracurricular group? On-campus club. So just like any other on-campus club that any of the kids might be involved in, FCA uh, has student leadership. It has a liaison, typically a coach, to the athletic directors, typically over all of the clubs, at the public high schools. And uh, for example, at Westland High School, you know, we'll come in at lunch and we'll have pizzas for the kids and uh, we have about 35 minutes, and we'll focus in on a, on a topic, and we, we cover the gamut. We happen to be talking about dating in this next Tuesday, and what does it look like to glorify Christ with our dating relationships and, and lead from that, from that standpoint? So um, we have probably about 40 or 50 high school athletes at Westland will be at, with us every Tuesday at lunch, and it's been uh, pretty amazing. That's significant. So that's a good chunk of people coming out. And do they come from various circles? Do you have only the pure hardcore athletes? Do you have just a handful of the, the lesser known bench warmers who just happen to be church goers <laughs> or what? You know, I think it's a, it's a combination of, of all of the above. And we have uh, some guys that have aspirations to playing at the division one level that are coming out and being a part of our huddle. And we have guys that are just even playing at the intramural sports level. And so it's everybody in between. And a lot of the co- uh, huddles are co-ed, uh, both female and male. And some of them are guys only. And then we have some girl only huddles as well. Uh, but we kind of cover the gamut. Well, I think that's good because there's certainly s- certain topics that you'd want to go with just with the guys or just with the girls. Absolutely. So how long have you been with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Ryan? I'll just be wrapping up my third year in September. Uh, started out as an area rep uh, serving 15 high schools, and I've been in the area director role for the last year and a half. So we have a little bit of history together because at the time we initially met, it was probably around going to Creation Northwest together, and you were with a group called Faithfold. Is that still going on? Faithfold is still going on. We still are selling uh, Bible wallets on Amazon, uh, just just through Amazon, uh, no websites, and it's kind of a college business that we started up, but now we all have kids and full-time jobs, and uh, it's been cool to see what God did with that. And what exactly is the Faithfold? Faithfold is a leather wallet with a New Testament Bible inside of it, and uh, just served as a constant reminder of who's in charge of our checkbooks, our billfolds, and ultimately our lives. And not only was it nice and compact, but it was a good-looking I thought so. item to, to yeah. have or to, to give away or share with someone. Absolutely. So were you always into athletics? Yeah, sports have always been a big part of my life, you know, probably because they were a big part of my dad's life. And so I grew up playing all the sports and, and high school really focused in on baseball. Uh, did, did, where did you grow up? Grew up here. I went to Westland. I went to Westland High School and uh, went down to school at Pepperdine University, but uh, still live in Westland now with my wife and daughter. Now, did you do any sports down at Pepperdine? I didn't. I t- attempted to walk on the team and, and hung out there for a while my freshman year and then made the big change to give up baseball and uh, – that's really when God really got a hold of my heart, actually, and ended up spending my sophomore year in college over in London. Wow. And uh, it was kind of the first time I really had authentic Christian community around me. 
and some good guys to pour into me and and uh that kind of set my path with Christ. So you mentioned your dad. Was he a, a big time athlete growing up? He was, yeah. He played you know multiple sports in college or in high school and, and probably could have had an opportunity to play in, in college, uh, but had to pay for his way to college. So he uh had to buckle down on the books instead, but um, it was kind of a different world back then. Uh, it seems. Sure. I, I feel like nowadays, if you've got potential tools, the school will miraculously find a way <laughs> to, to put you on campus. And uh, one of my friends, I remember, he decided to quit football for a year, and we were at a non-athletic scholarship school. And then somehow, mysteriously, his academic grant disappeared, and. Even more miraculously, after he rejoined the football team, they came back. It was the funniest thing. What a coincidence. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt that athletes <laughs> uh, and athletics is a driving force and a major influence in our society today, and, and uh, it plays, plays a big role. So did you grow up in a church-going family? I'm curious. Uh, I would say mildly. We attended kind of the Lutheran church and major holidays, um, but I think in a lot of ways it just wasn't a priority. It was kind of fell below sports and fell below, below friends and school and, and other things in our lives. And so I just found a way to, uh, to kind of, if there was a big Seahawks game or Broncos game, I found a way to, to not make it to mm-hmm. church on Sunday. So um, there was definitely some influences there, uh, but it wasn't a major part of our lives growing up. So it was a good home, but it wasn't a top priority. Your, That's what I was saying. Yeah. Your faith. Yeah. So how or when did that change? Was it Taken the year in London? No, well, it really started the summer before my senior year in high school. Uh, I had made some poor decisions, or what I like to call today normal decisions, high school decisions, and ended up being grounded the entire summer because I threw a big party at my house. And but one of, uh, but my dad still let me play summer baseball. So one of the kids on the baseball team invited me to go to a Young Life camp, and it was at that time called Wild Horse Canyon. Huh. And uh, so I, I went over there. It was my escape from my parents for the summer, or for a week at least of the summer. And uh, that's where I heard the gospel for the first time in a in a way that made sense, in a way that uh, was exactly what I needed uh, at that point, you know, being 17 years old and trying to figure out life. And um, so that's I accepted Christ there at that camp, and that's when I started walking. That's fantastic. I know a lot of us Christ followers are frustrated with young ones in our past, whether they're our kids or our surrogate nieces or nephews or those around us. And let me encourage you to just keep on praying. Uh, I think in our current 24-7 world where we want it and we want it now, and God forbid our Wi-Fi goes down for 30 seconds, we're going to really be upset that we don't fervently, continually pray for things like I believe they used to do more effectively in the olden days when they didn't have all these distractions. But regardless, we're going to come back with Ryan Johnston. He's the area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and you can find more information at pdxfca.org. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with our very special guest, the area director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Greater Portland Area, Ryan Johnston. So, Ryan, tell me, how does it feel going back for these FCA huddles at your alma mater at Westland High School? Uh, do you still have any of the same teachers in the building that you gave a hard time to before you really <laughs> got your act straight? 
Yes. Certainly when we started the Huddle at Westland, there were a few teachers and coaches still there that like, you're doing this? Some raised eyebrows. You know, there were certainly some raised <laughs> eyebrows that you work for FCA. But uh, no, it's amazing. I mean, I, I think that's ultimately like a part of a lot of the healing process and my own brokenness too, is like being able to go back and, and kind of, I can't change my high school career and, and the decisions I made and the path I was on, but I can certainly kind of help others avoid some of the you know the pitfalls that I fell into, and and, and I, I certainly have a lot of lion pride. Now, the only one we really ought to ever put on a pedestal is Christ. Okay, that being said, in my head, that's good movie material. <laughs> At the very least, cable TV movie. Okay, level level story about you know going sure, back, sure, going back, and and, uh, and doing good things where absolutely. you you had some regrets. I think a lot of us would love this second chance opportunity mm-hmm. to do so. Do you have any great stories from Westland now that you've started this Fellowship of Christian Athletes huddle at your old high school? Anyone really make you proud? Any difference is made that really stand out in your mind? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, just last week I was at the freshman baseball game and uh, I showed up and I was hanging out behind the dugout and all the the entire freshman baseball team walked out, circled up and prayed before the game. Wow. And I took a picture on my iPhone and I'm just... No coach was leading them. I, they didn't do it because I was there, you know. They but there's on their own. six or seven freshman guys on the baseball team that are part of FCA huddle that are just leaders, and just to see them do that on their own in a in a public setting with moms and dads from the team. But that's how they're going to start the game. Um, that's what it, to me is being a difference maker, and that's what it means to be a leader, and uh, that's what we're going for. So does that mean that? All of the boys were just being respectful to each other. Does that mean that all of them are Christians or, or what? I, 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 no, I, I, I know for a fact all of them are Christians. There. But I think that's that's the part that's that's the vision that God's given me is that people are followers and people are leaders. And whether they're Christian or not, they're following the lead of, of some spiritual leaders on that team. And that influence is impacting their lives. And they may not even know who they're praying to but they're starting to realize that this is a this is this is allowing the team to achieve you know even a greater success than they thought, and it's creating unity, and, uh, and they're asking a lot of questions, and, and that's a huge opportunity for us. You mentioned leadership a lot. Mm-hmm. Define leadership uh, in the world versus what Fellowship of Christian Athletes is trying to share with these kids and giving them a sense of hope and something a greater cause. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to the boys last week about the narrow path, and uh, it says why it is the, the broad is the path that leads to destruction, and what it requires to stay on the narrow path. And and I, I think leadership, in a lot of ways, is is wrapping your entire identity up in who Jesus Christ is. I think at the high school level, we like to, and maybe in a teenager, it's easy to kind of segment our life and say, you know, Jesus, I'll surrender this part of my life to you. But, you know, these this areas I'm going to control. And probably the areas that we control are the areas that we think we're really good at. So maybe that's sports or maybe it's relationships with our girlfriends or, or school or something else. But leadership is really total surrender to God's plan and, and confidence in your identity being wrapped up in who he is. And that creates consistency in every aspect of your life. And people will follow that. So I want to get back to more of when you came to know the Lord after this camp during the summer of being grounded. <laughs> How did your family take it? 
when when you got back? Was it a gradual change? Or were you like my wife and brother-in-law preaching fire and brimstone to the rest of the family and telling them where they're going to go if they don't repent at this moment? Or, or what? How was how was the transition for you coming back from sure, this camp, sure. being a different person altogether? And I think that was it was super challenging because everything back home hadn't changed. The only thing that had changed is my heart and the Holy Spirit had entered it. So. I, I knew I wanted to be a different person, and I knew I wanted to walk with Christ, but all my circumstances back home were the same. I had the same friends, same set of parents, same girlfriend, you know, all the same issues. And so I remember sitting down with my parents and, and sharing with them about camp and what it meant to me, and and they were obviously super excited and, and, and you know encouraged by it. But my senior in high school ended up being probably the hardest year of my life because it was I had to make really hard decisions. You know, I had to not hang out with some of the guys that I was hanging out with. And I had to do some things, not do some things that I was doing. And I had to break some relationships off. And and uh, there were some times it was really lonely, you know, but they ended up being the best decisions I ever made because uh, they ended up keeping me on that narrow path, you know. And, and ultimately, that's probably another sign of leadership is being able to make hard decisions. That's always a tough one, especially for a teenager. I know for me personally, one of the, the bad examples I put in front of my kids of here's what not to do. Don't go and fall into yeah. boatloads of debt. Don't let your mouth rung amok, even if it's funny sometimes, because somewhere down the line, you're going to shred someone and you can't take those words back. Sure. And something else we're trying to encourage them to do is know why they do what they do. Right? And, and in my case, a lot of the time, it was, it was escapism. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe I could be total geek loser at, at high school, but at least at youth group, I could be the president and a leader or something like that. So you talk about true leadership being more than just wearing a hat or carrying yeah. a business card or how good you make your LinkedIn account look or your <laughs> Facebook page. Absolutely. So, yeah, that must have been a, a tough summer for you, a, a, a tough year for you in your senior year of high school. But obviously it helped form the man of God that you are today. So I'm sure part of it is also attributed to your wife. So tell us where you met her. Yeah, Molly and I met at my uh, parents' 25th wedding anniversary party. Uh, my parents were uh, U of O grads, and we, my sisters and I decided to throw a big party for them, invite all their old college buddies up. And uh, me and my buddies were valet parking that night. And uh, my wife decided to – then she was uh, – not my wife, but she decided to come and check out my parents' house, and, and we saw each other, and it was kind of over after that. I had to figure out who was this girl, where is she from, who she connected with. Cause Wait, she didn't even, she wasn't even invited to the party. Just, she, kinda... just her parents were invited, and she was just coming out to check out my parents' house. Oh. But so she ended up nice staying house? the whole night, and uh, <laughs> we had some good conversations, and believe it or not, on our second date, I told her that God told me I'm supposed to marry her. And she was 18 at the time. So I figured there's one of two things was going to happen. She's either going to run the other way. And then it's my ability to discern the Holy Spirit. Maybe was off or two. She'd be, she'd be okay with it and have that same kind of uh, future vision. And, uh, and we'd go from there. And she said she felt the same way. And four years later we got married. So she was already a strong Christ follower at this yeah, point. Yeah, she grew up in a Christian home as a strong believer, and we were both leading young life at the time, and uh, so it was uh, meant to be. That's just what. Well, I'm happy for you for following God's prompting on your heart. I certainly <laughs> wouldn't suggest that to young gentlemen yeah. out there. God told me to marry you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I worded it just like that, but it so whatever, however I worded it, it worked. There's a generation of say thirty to forty year olds right now who grew up um, 
following the letter of the law, say, I kissed dating goodbye and would propose to the first girl that they would date and stuff like that. And they, they, they've gotten past that. So I'm thankful it worked out for you. So you talk <laughs> about being a dad now. When did that all happen? Tell us about being a dad for the first time. Yeah, my daughter was born uh, three months ago, and that's just been probably the most unbelievable experience in my life besides you know, my wedding day and marrying my wife and, and maybe accepting Christ. I mean, Abby is this picture, you know, God's greatest blessing to me and uh, the responsibility that comes with being a father and my desire for her to know the Lord um, is just weighs heavy on my heart every day. But it's just like knowing that I get to go home every day and see her and uh, spend time with her is unbelievable. I love your heart, Ryan Johnston, because, you know, as a good-looking, hard-working young man, I think for a first-time parent, it's often easy to want to vicariously live through your kids. You talked about your dad being an athlete, and you were an athlete because of that. And I think God gives everyone different gifts for different reasons, and they may or may not match our parents' gifts, and we need to be okay with that. Funny, I'm talking with my uh, 15-year-old about softball this year. She is an incredible musician. She's got a text from her saying uh, she passed festivals. So praise God. Good job, Hannah. I'm very proud of you. And she admitted to me, you know, Dad, I could I could work harder at softball and stuff, but I just don't have the time. So I don't need to pitch, and I'm okay with that, and I can hang out with my friends. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Here is a young woman who knows herself at age, say, 15 and a half. I didn't know myself at age 26. Sure, yeah. By the grace of God, we're we're, uh, blessed with some incredible kids. There's nothing like being a parent for the first time, though, huh? Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. And and obviously, I love kids. I've dedicated my life to kind of hanging out with kids and and mentoring them. But to have your own is something different, man. It's a whole different ballgame. But I'm super blessed that she's in my life now and excited to see where God takes our family. So were you and your wife planning on having a big family, small family, earlier on in life, later on in life, leave it up to the Lord, or, or what? When you had these decisions outside sure. of, hello, 18-year-old, God told me to marry you. Yeah. That's, that's, once you got past that one and you actually came to an agreement, um, did you ever talk about families and Yeah, kids? we did. I mean, like, like I said, she was 18 and I was 22 when we met. Married when she was 21. So we had talked about you know, being married for three or four years at least, you know, before we started a family and both pretty active and we're going hard at our jobs and, and a lot of, um, a lot of activities. So, but we will be celebrating five years together here in July. And, Congratulations. Uh, felt like it was, it was time, you know, got like any God big was, plans God for was, your anniversary? Uh, uh, let's see. We're foodies. So we'll probably end up going to nice. an awesome dinner downtown Portland and, um, but we'll see. So is this the first grandchild for both sides of the family, or do you have no, my sister cousins? Be, my sister beat us to the punch, so I've got a little nephew, 16-month-old uh, Colton, and then Molly's family. We have uh, three, two nieces and a nephew on her side as well. So we got to play aunt and uncle first for a little bit. Oh, that's neat. Now, do they live in the area also? Yeah, we have uh, Salem and Sandy and, and then in Westland. You know what? God moved us out, uh, out of our comfort zone about six years ago. I can't believe it's been that long since we left New York, but my kids get to grow up and be best buds with their cousins. And I'm finding great value in that because in my case, my cousins lived in New Jersey. I lived on Long Island. So we'd see them in the summer. They'd come over in the winter. We'd go over there, maybe meet in Chinatown for a meal on occasion, but we never had the closeness that your kid and her cousins will have together. So 
Good times catching up with Ryan Johnston, the area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Make sure that you check him out on Facebook, Greater PDX FCA. And look at their website. It's pdxfca.org. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Time is just zipping by here with the area director, Ryan Johnston, of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Check out the website, pdxfca.org. And Ryan, what I'd like to ask you about next would be these FCA Leadership Academy events that you have coming up. First of all, what are they? And second of all, why did you feel a need to to build them in the first place? Yeah, the FCA Leadership Academy uh, really is a vision that God set on my heart as I walked into all the public high schools and I got to know the athletes and coaches. And what I noticed was that the schools haven't changed a lot since since I graduated in 01, that the culture of the locker rooms are the same, and that the athletes and coaches are leaders. They are tone setters. They are culture creators on our campuses. So it's not a matter of whether they're leading or not. It's a matter of what direction they're leading the school in. And unfortunately, what I saw was that they're leading the school in promiscuity and the abuse of drugs and alcohol and the, leading the school in disrespect. They're leading the school in the wrong direction. And so what would it look like to train up student leaders that are athletes that led, that changed the culture, that led the school in respect and loving each other and teamwork and excellence and service and integrity? So what would that look like? And God gave me a verse in 1 Corinthians uh, 11, 1, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we built this curriculum around these leadership academy that's just called Follow Me. And so basically we identify you know, five, six, seven, eight student leaders at each one of these campuses and uh, take them through a once a month uh, program where we just teach them leadership skills and we teach them, uh, we teach them the Bible, teach them the word of God and we create, you know, spiritual foundations and rhythms in their lives so that they can lead. So when kids follow them, they're heading in the right direction. They're in a direction towards Christ and they're staying on that narrow path. Uh, So we piloted this program this year. Uh, We've got two programs going right now. Uh, one at Weston High School, and one in the inner city that actually features kids from four different high schools, but really with a vision over the next three to five years that we could have an FCA Leadership Academy laid out at every public high school that currently has FCA, which would be over 40 campuses currently. That's fantastic. I don't know how well uh, a combination of you two would mesh or fit, but I'd strongly suggest that you talk to our friends at School Partnership Network, uh, the Division of Luis Palau Association, because... I'm very impressed in what three-ish odd years or so. Uh, my pal Larry Whittlesey, who used to be its director, tells me they were in something around 278 out of what 450-ish odd pu- Portland public schools having some kind of a church presence. And your goals, while somewhat different, um, they're they've got the same root of Christ and just wanting to, to share love while serving others and giving kids good options. Cause there's so many voices speaking into our lives right now. And I think while there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible tells us that at the same time with technology and especially social media and the internet, things certainly move a lot faster than they did when I was growing up in the eighties. I'll, I'll give you an example or for me to get my hands on say, illegal drugs or pornography, I would have to physically get up and go somewhere and put myself at risk. And not every kid's gutsy enough to do that. Whereas nowadays, because of the technology, you're two clicks away. And if you've got no internet filters 
or no accountability or protection or even some public libraries let you get with a murder with what you see online sometimes. So what kind of ways is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes trying to swing the pendulum in the other direction for kids who are getting so barraged by these influences and a lot of them not very positive? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are topics that we're covering every week in our huddles and kind of an intentional discipleship time. But I mean, as I said, we're, we're, we do a dating series, you know, where we pull the guys out and we go through pornography. We talk about, you know, putting boundaries in your life. We talk about what it looks like to have a relationship that glorifies Christ because everything's easy and everything's quick. And there's nothing that can destroy a young kid's life like pornography and just to take them off that path. And so that that's one way. And at the end of the day, it comes down to accountability, I really think. And we've set up some, you know, accountability partners within from seniors to juniors, juniors to sophomores, sophomores to freshmen. Kind of like they're mentoring. Absolutely. The younger you know, ones. Big brother, you know, little brother program type stuff. Um, but ultimately, I think if we can give the freshmen, you know, somebody to look to, a role model, somebody to follow. And if, if, that, if we have a senior guy who's, who's, who's treating ladies with respect, who's avoiding the pitfalls of pornography, who's, you know— f- kind of taking that Jesus approach and, and is the servant of all, even though he's the varsity stud. I mean, that's attractive and people will follow that. And that's what's going to change a community and will change a public high school, I think. So you mentioned your wife with an athlete as well as yourself. What did she play? She played soccer at George Fox. Ooh, so she's got to have some degree of skill there, huh? Yeah, she was. De- she's definitely the best athlete in the family. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> wonder how your daughter's going to end up. I guess ideally if she follows Christ, the rest is irrelevant. But That's the truth. I That's can see some athletic genes in her. You know, if she wants to pursue athletics, uh, we will support her uh, wherever she decides to go. But, yeah, ultimately she follows Christ will be the, the biggest decision I hope she makes. And you know what's funny? I think we have a stereotype when it comes to athletics about the little league dad from hell yelling at the ump and the coach during the uh, – games and stuff and this is going to date me but do you ever see that movie the great santini i have not seen that mike okay, it's a great character study but basically he was <laughs> telling his it. his son um ben uh, ben got fouled hard during a basketball game so the great santini his dad this military here was walking up and down to the sidelines saying don't come home unless you take this kid out so naturally he Back body drops the kid when he's driving to the basket, breaks his arm. Massive brawl help happens out in the gym, and it was just really ugly. Anyway, well, that that actually is not too far from what is actually happening. I mean, what's the TV show uh, from the Texas high school football or the little kid footballs? It's Friday like, Night Lights. Well, oh, the, oh wait, the wait, no, no, they've got a little you know what one I'm talking now. About. I'm, you know, I'm with learning. these with these crazed dads, but which is all the more reason why you know FCA has a strong strong initiative in the coaches ministry and we'll actually be rolling out some new curriculum this summer called three-dimensional coaching and what it means to coach the mind body and heart you know and and most high school coaches can coach to the body you know make their athletes bigger faster stronger and they understand the x's and o's of the game you know the good high school elite coaches can coach the mind how to motivate how to influence how to teach kids to overcome adversity but a three-dimensional coach can coach the heart and talk about legacy and talk about how his relationship with Christ has changed his life. And that's, that's what transformational coaching looks like. And that's the, that's what FCA's goal is with our coaches huddles that we have across the Portland area.
I love that. So whether or not you've got a star athlete involved, you're touching kids' hearts, which is a lot more important than their athletic ability, especially when you consider how few high school athletes are going to make a major college program. You did well as a high school student yourself and yet tried to walk on at Pepperdine and found just by numbers you weren't going to make college ball. Was that disheartening for you at the time? Well, I think everybody who wants to compete um, at a high level, you know, has to reach that point where it's done, you know, and that, that can be disheartening, but that's the piece that we need to share with these kids is that, you know, we can't let our kids put athletics in the place where God should be, you know, athletics will end everything in this world end, but God is forever. And, and that's, that's the, that's the message that we got to share with them. And hopefully FCA is doing a pretty good job of doing that. Well, I hope it's still fun for them. Uh, I mean, there have been times where I had a kid who wanted to quit soccer and I said, you know what? You don't want to quit soccer and I'm going to prove it to you. Okay. You got to trust the old man on this. You're going to keep doing soccer. And then my boy actually ended up enjoying soccer after that. But it was the initial uh, nudge that he needed from a parent. Same thing with my daughter uh, and, and who almost quit softball and is really thankful that she didn't. But as parents, I think it's important for us to remember that we're not trying to raise kids in our image, but in the image of Christ. And and I have pretty good evidence of that because, God help me, my daughter likes country music. I'm from New York. Country music does not fly in New York. Country <laughs> music is a sign of unintelligence. It's for the hicks down south. My daughter likes country music. I now will listen to country music. And it's okay. She's a great kid. Welcome to the good side, Mike. Gotta love country music. Come on. <laughs> Well, you know, we have a lot in common because you're sitting across me wearing this Boston Red Sox baseball cap. And I, on the other hand, am a New Yorker. I grew up a Yankee fan. And yet we've got this common bond in Jesus that we can have a friendly conversation. Yeah. And I got to say, if I'm being totally honest, I'm not a huge Red Sox fan. I was a Jacoby Ellsbury fan, right? Oh. And guess who he's playing for now? Now he's on the Yankees. Now he's got the pinstripes on. So I actually got this right after the Boston bombing. So it was kind of a tribute. I was at a Kansas City Royals game, and uh, they were going to buy one, get one free. So I picked up the Red Sox hat. Just, you know, (laughs) prayers go out to Boston, you know? Amen to that. You know, Ortiz cost me a trivia question at Applebee's the (laughs) other night. Uh, The question was, who had the most hits for a designated hitter of all time? So I'm racking my brain. I'm talking with my team at Applebee's, and I'm thinking— Don Baylor, Rusty Staub, was it Raul Ibanez, and then one of my Edgar teammates Martinez, said, uh, Edgar Martinez was our answer, except guess who edged him this season? Ortiz. David Ortiz. Can't Snuck stand him. him. God bless him. Cannot stand him. That cost me a trivia <laughs> question. So what are some of your favorite teams when you were growing up in Westland? Yeah, I think, uh, see, back then... U of O didn't have a baseball team, so I was an OSU Beaver fan, and I'm still a huge fan of Pat Casey and Pat Bailey and what they've done with the Beaver baseball program. has just been phenomenal. They're, the they're quite titles. dominant. It's, it's but, nice to see that. Most importantly, the, just the character of those two leaders, uh, those two guys that, that love Christ, and uh, you can tell that by the way they coach the game. So Oregon State Beaver baseball was a, was a favorite team of mine for sure, and then probably had to say the Mariners because they were the closest team. Favorite Mariner? Who was bit. it? Junior? Yeah, Junior was huge when I was a little kid. You know, um, gosh, Edgar, Rodriguez before, in his early days, in his early days, A-Rod as a young one coming up. So sure. Uh, he was quite was dominant. Awesome. Remember, the Holy Trinity of shortstops was him, Jeter, and uh, Nomar. 
Yeah. I mean, Nomar kind of fell off the face of the earth pretty quickly after that. Yeah. You think there really is a Sports Illustrated jinx, or is it just something fun to talk about? Oh, I don't know. It's killed my ducks a few <laughs> times. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. You know, that happened last year even. They put Mariota on the cover. I'm like, no, don't put him on the cover. And didn't he hurt his leg right after that? And didn't, didn't oh, they have their first remember. loss of the season? He was. He definitely had a flat tire for the Stanford game. Killed but you me. know what? He never complained about it. He kept playing. And you could visibly see he wasn't the same Marcus Mariota, but he kept going. So maybe that's all we can do in, in, in parenthood or, or, or our walks and trying to follow Christ. Even if we feel down, just, just keep going. Oh, I, think that, I think that theme could go over a lot of aspects of life. <laughs> Sermon material for Ryan Johnston, oh, the please. area director of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Check out their website, pdxfca.org. And you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. The delightful Clark Hilton, he's a soccer fan, is across the glass right now. An all-around great guy and young father himself, as is Ryan Johnston, the area director for the Greater Portland Area's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I'm having a good time um, with your company, Ryan, but it would be remiss of me not to remind people about the wonderful FCA camp that's coming up in July from the 18th to the 22nd. It'll be a malice in Corvallis and OSU for ninth to twelfth grade athletes coming out to the FCA camps. There's more information online everywhere, but the specific website you might want to look up if you've got kids of that age group would be pnwfcacamps.org/osu. If you want to talk about this one, so over the years, Ryan. Have you met any good local Christian athletes that just kind of gave you a rush or a thrill? Yeah, I'm trying to think about local. I mean, we had Marcus Mariota speak at our banquet last spring with Brian Teague and uh, Eric Dungy, Tony Dungy's son, and as well as Scott Frost, who's the uh, now the offensive coordinator for the Ducks and uh, played football in Nebraska. And he did, wasn't he? Briefly on the Jets for a while. I'm pretty sure about that because he's one NFL. of those uh, typical dominant quarterbacks that makes it to the NFL and says, "Oh, by the way, you're not an NFL quarterback, so switch your position if you want a shot." And he did. Yeah, if you remember back, I think it was at, is that the '90s for Nebraska with Couch, Eric Couch, and and Scott Frost playing quarterback. One. I mean, that was the that was the spread offense before Chip Kelly invented it, right? So it makes sense that he's now uh, running the offense for the Ducks. But having those guys come and share at our banquet last spring, and and obviously we know them for you know their accomplishments on the field and athletically what they've done, and, and the Ducks have you know kind of become a national power over the last couple of years but to hear about what God's doing in their heart and why they play and the motivations and how they handle adversity and 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 kind of the priorities piece it was just impressive and you know being around Mariota you know the quarterbacks called the lead you know I think a lot of people even in the media have given a hard time cuz maybe not necessarily that vocal leader um, you know, we're just gonna. They want us, the raw, they raw, want the raw, raw gutsy, guy, right? Um, but, Johnny Football Manziel type, yelling at people, being yeah, a, a bit cocky. But I mentioned, you know, First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven. You know, Paul says, "Follow me as I f- follow Christ." That example. That's what Mariota is doing down there, and uh, we're excited. He's actually going to be on the cover of FCA's magazine, the College Football Edition, coming up in October. And um, I'm, I'm glad he came back for another year because uh, he's a great guy, and, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a proud Duck fan. Do you think that may or may not have been part of the reason for Darren Thomas to leave when he did? Was was Mariota, in your opinion, going to get an opportunity to knock off Darren Thomas from think, the Ducks I starting lineup, you think? There's no doubt that Darren was looking in his review mirror 
and saw the flying Hawaiian. And, and I coming. liked, I liked Darren. Yeah, Thomas. I liked. I Darren remember too. when when uh, they took off the red shirt that game because Roper was down. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Nate Costa. Uh, Nate Costa had already had a knee problem. Otherwise, it? he would have been the starter. Leaf, right? Who, I can't no, remember. So and then many quarterbacks. It was Justin Roper <laughs> had the concussion. And then the other guy from Hawaii, why am I drawing a blank? Well, Masoli. Yeah, Jeremiah Masoli. He went down, and I remember that game. They took the red shirt off him, and uh, man, he was good. He almost that was let a Boise major State, comeback. I think. And he, yeah, he tried to lead that comeback against Boise State. And no, Darren had an unbelievable career. I mean, come on, he led the Ducks to a national title appearance, and and uh, he had one an play away career. from the title. Yeah, and we're all seeing in our heads right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. But yeah, so it's athletics are tough. I mean. So do you find that working with the FCA, it's, it's a good opportunity to share about life as well? Because think about it. How many Wall Street stockbrokers fell into depression or did things bad to themselves after the market crashed? Like, Why do we put our identities in what we do, whether it's in the office or on the playing field? Where, where is your identity and how can you tell this to a kid? Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, for these kids growing up and they just look to the NFL, look like guys like Junior Seau, right? I mean, how, how many NFL guys just even when it, when their bodies gives out and they got to give up playing, just can't live life post athletics because that's all they've ever done. And we see there's so many stories of athletes just struggling to find consistency and contentment and happiness post their sports career because that's whatever sport they played took the place of Christ in their life, took the place of God, and it was everything. And then when they lost it, they had nothing. And that is certainly a message that FCA is trying to present to our young athletes and so that they have perspective on life. So let's say you had a ninth to 12th grader in the room right now who's maybe going through the average common problems of, oh, is this me? I don't feel like this is high school. I've got so much pressure on me. What would you tell him or her right now? And I would tell them to find community, you know, and I, I think that's what FCA really provides kids is community where everybody can just come in and be loved and, and find common ground. I mean, what makes you excited? What gets you passionate? What makes you want to wake up? You know, do a lot of that. You know, I, I think kids have so many pressures coming on from different angles and they're doing things because mom and dad said so. But, you know, I, I just want to encourage all those, all the high school kids just kind of seek, seek their own passions and go after them hard. And, but the biggest decision at the end of the day they're going to make is whether or not to follow Christ and, and that will lay a platform for the rest of their life uh, that's, that's eternal, and there's nothing bigger than that. FCA camp is coming to Oregon State in Corvallis in July. Can you tell us uh, about some of the noted coaches that the kids might be learning from? Yeah, we, we have an unbelievable coaching staff coming this summer, really excited for it. From a football standpoint, we're going to have Neil Lomax, uh, who's a local kid. That's fantastic. Yeah, All-star he'll be coaching quarterback quarterbacks. The, uh, the Alex Cardinals, Molden right. played for the Ducks 11 years in the NFL with the Saints, going to be coaching defensive backs. Uh, we got Marion Jones coaching track. Nine-time gold Olympic. medal winner. Lost wow. them all because of the doping. That's a tremendous testimony that she's excited to share about how Christ has kind of redeemed her life and her heart. Uh, we're going to have... Mariota and some of the guys will be up on one of the days to help out with football and as well some of the Oregon State uh, football kids. And so the coaching staff, regardless of what sport, is going to be uh, high-level, elite athletically. But most importantly, these kids are going to have an opportunity to connect relationally with other peers and uh, encounter Jesus Christ, which is going to be amazing. I love the fact that you've got 
not only athletes of note, but maybe some that have fallen like a Marion Jones type who's willing to share her struggles and her testimony with these kids. Kind of a maybe not so much a follow me as here's what not to do and follow Christ instead story. Absolutely. I mean, those at the end of the day, I think we all have that story. We all have don't we all have that decision where which we you know wish we could go back on and 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 that we'll continue to tell hey, avoid this if you can right sure and yet God's there for us so maybe you're feeling down whether it's from work or school or lack of direction or hope but God's there for you mm-hmm. and and I encourage you to to go find a Christ follower a good Bible believing church if you're feeling down and your identity does not come from your paycheck or your business card. Or how well you do in tonight's game. Although you'd rather win than lose. And you'd rather play the game right than not. And if you're on my softball team, step on first. Don't try to tag the girl for crying out loud. How many balls are we going to drop? How many outs are we going to give by doing that? But I digress. It's all about the kids having fun and learning and growing with each other in community. And I believe that's what Fellowship of Christian Athletes does from school to school. Mm-hmm. So what's your vision for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in the greater Portland area? Yeah, I think in the next three to five years, you know, we're excited. I mean, we kind of developed a strategic framework that we're going to be discipleship-focused, Christ-centered, and leadership-driven. So everything we do, we're going to follow within those those pieces. And at the end of the day, I want people to think about FCA and think leadership. So we train leaders. And, and like I told you in the beginning, we, we already have the leaders. They're already leading on campus. It's just a matter of which direction are they leading in. And so hopefully FCA can come alongside our young leaders, both athletes and coaches, and point them in a direction towards Christ. So you've been doing this for several years now. That probably means you've got at least a handful of kids that you've worked with in college right now. Mm-hmm. Anyone playing any college sports? Anyone made you proud? Any good testimonies? Absolutely. Uh, Justin Monahan was a Wesson High School grad, Portland State grad, is now playing for the Portland Thunder, our hometown arena football team. Yeah, is so go, Darren Thomas playing for them as Darren well? Darren Thomas is playing for them as well. Actually, I... Maybe I should shamelessly plug Darren and Justin are doing a youth football camp at Westland High School. Uh, you can go to FCA's Facebook page to check that out. That sounds good. And if you're looking for the Facebook page, it's pdxfca.org. They're also on Facebook under Greater PDXFCA. They tweet as at PDXFCA. And the big FCA camp for 9th to 12th grade athletes in a myriad of different sports is coming up. It's more about faith and discipleship than it is about actual athletics, although athletics do play a part of that. It's July 18th through the 22nd. More information is on the website, pnwfcacamps.org slash OSU. Thanks so much for coming on with us today, Ryan Johnston, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Anyone else you want to send a shout out to? To my wife, Molly, and my little girl, Abby. I love you. See you in a bit. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.